Welcome inside the Dynasty War Room. I'm your host, Andrew Valancourt, and we are back for episode two of the podcast to talk about some Dynasty trade targets. I've got a list of players at each position to buy and sell, both for contending teams and rebuilders. If you missed episode one, where I broke down the top 24 rookies in the 2024 draft class, don't forget to check it out on whatever medium you usually listen to podcasts on. Dynasty War Room is now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, among others. You can help the show grow by following Dynasty War Room on Twitter, at Dynasty War Room, by subscribing on YouTube, and by following the show on Spotify or Apple. Thank you all for tuning in. One note I want to make before we get started I don't view buying and selling players in Dynasty Fantasy Football as purely a market game of whose value will increase or decrease at this time next year. That factors in, but it's not everything. I want to buy players that I believe are undervalued right now that will help my teams win, particularly if I'm contending. Finding a diamond in the rough is always great, and I have some targets today that will fit that mold too, but I don't limit myself just to that. Just like when I say a player is a sell, it doesn't necessarily mean that I think that player is bad. It just means that I think he's being valued higher than I value him or as someone whose value will drop in the next year. With that all being said, let's just jump right into it. Starting with buys, I want to start at the quarterback position. I got two players here for you. I'll start with one that it has been a favorite of mine over the past couple of years as somebody that I think has been a buy, but now more than ever, and that's Kyler Murray. Using a site like Keep Trade Cut, which has rankings that I think kind of fit where the Dynasty community is currently at, I don't think they have the best rankings. Um, the trade calculator is not always the best, but there are a lot of people that use it. It's a helpful tool to see how people are currently thinking about various players. So we're going to reference that a lot on today's podcast, but starting with Kyler Murray, QB 10 on keep trade cut, he's healthy. Um, he'll probably be in a significantly better offense next year. They have the, they have a, the number four pick in the draft. There's a decent chance that they land Marvin Harrison jr. He's provides that rushing upside that you always want from a quarterback. And he's relatively consistent, which I think, surprises some people he's always been a top t top 10 qb in fantasy when healthy he's healthy now he's made his way back from that injury that kept him out for about two-thirds of last season he didn't play all that poorly uh in 2023 when he came back there's you know the new coaching staff in place uh entering year two and i think the error was pointing up he's only 26 he's he's just a guy that I think it's overlooked a little bit, and he's somebody that I think you can acquire in a trade. I don't think he's one of those quarterbacks that is thought of as being so elite that he's untouchable. You know, he's not Josh Allen. He's not Mahomes. Uh, this isn't somebody that, you know, you ask the manager in your league that has Murray, hey, would you be trading? Be interested in trading him? It's not going to be, you know, oh, never in a million years. Uh, it is possible that he could be moved. And I think he's somebody that, regardless of whether you're a contender or a rebuilder, he can fit your team and your timeline either way. Now, my second quarterback on the list is Justin Fields. Um, again, another guy that 
is is young. He'll be 25 when the season starts. He's QB 15 on keep trade cut, which is much lower uh, than he was last year at this time. And there's good reason for that because he obviously might be traded by the Bears. But in a situation like this where he might be traded, he he's still a good enough player and he's performed well enough that pretty much no matter where he gets traded, he's still going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And this is about the lowest value that he is going to be at, assuming he makes it as a long-term starter. QB 15 for somebody with his extreme rushing upside. I mean, this is a player that can be top five on any given week at the quarterback position because he can run the ball better than almost any quarterback in the league outside of Lamar Jackson. You know, this is somebody that always is going to provide that baseline value purely from rushing yards. And if he can figure it out a little bit more as a passer or end up in a situation, you know, let's say he gets traded to Atlanta. Uh, they're a team that could use a quarterback. They have weapons, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan of the backfield. They play in a dome. You know, that's something that would excite me. And at QB 15, you know, th- there's a little bit of risk there. It's not like he's cheap as a trade target because, again, he is he is a quarterback, and in super flex leagues, quarterbacks are like gold. But relative to some of the other quarterbacks on this list, I think F- QB 15 is more than fair and is probably undervaluing Justin Fields a little bit. And if he doesn't work out, you know, it's not like you're paying top dollar for, you know, one of these guys like an Allen or Mahomes or a Burrow or a Herbert that, you know, you fully expect him to be at that top five for many, many years. This is somebody that could find his way into the top five, six, seven of QB rankings if he can fully figure it out. But even if he doesn't, even if he hovers in that 10 to 15 range as a starter for the next few years on a on an Atlanta team or a Vegas uh, Pittsburgh, you know, there's a number of teams that need quarterbacks. I think this is a good spot and I would be looking to acquire him because I think he does provide some value uh, at quarterback and he's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to get. Now we'll switch it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to go through all the buys and then all the sells rather than, rather than do it by position. So uh, sticking with the theme here of players, you know, to buy that are young, but um, you know maybe haven't quite shown enough yet. Um, I want to talk about Javante Williams at the running back position. Uh, he's running back 16 on keep tried cut. It's a relatively weak running back market as a whole right now. Um, I think there's about 18 or so players that have good value that should carry over into next year and and beyond. And Javante is right near the end of that tier for me. Um, but he's he's only 24, or he will be 24 when the season starts. And I think you could probably get him for a second-round pick. And in this year's draft class, where there's not necessarily a running back that really stands out, or or even multiple running backs that you think could go, you know, late first in your rookie draft. This is this is not a very good running back rookie class. So if you wanted to take a second round pick and go, you know, get Javante Williams, I'd have no issue with that. Um, he has 
all the potential in the world. He's going to be in a revamped offense with a new quarterback, most likely. Um, I guess there is a very slim chance that Russell Wilson stays in Denver, but most likely he'll be moving on. He's going to be more than a full year removed from injury by the time the season starts. And that's really important because with running backs, especially when they suffer those severe knee and leg injuries, they don't usually bounce back right away. They might come back and play, whether it's from a torn ACL or, or MCL, whatever the situation is, but they're usually not playing at a very high level. So now we're a full year past the injury. He's going to come back and likely be much more productive. So that's why in this running back market, where there's not a ton of guys that are that exciting to go trade for, I'll take my shot on a young, talented player that has a really high ceiling. Um, that's somebody that I think could grow with this offense uh, in, in Denver that they'll probably be building with a rookie quarterback uh, after this draft. So Javante Williams, uh, my first running back here on my buy list. My second running back, uh, familiar name, been around a long time, but always productive when healthy. Uh, I, still, I still think he has a couple great years left. Um, that's Saquon Barkley. He's RB10 on keep trade cut. He's 27, and I think he's somebody that probably lands in a better offensive situation next year. He is a free agent, and I think he's probably going to end up on a much better team where he's going to be continued to be used as a three-down, pass-catching, just all-around elite running back. But even if he ends up back in New York, I still don't think that's the worst thing. You know, they've continued to use him in a great way for fantasy. Daniel Jones will be back healthy, uh, presumably, unless they make a quarterback change. But even that would not be the worst scenario for Saquon Barkley. But regardless, he could end up in Houston. There's there's a bunch of other teams that could use a, a good elite running back. Uh, the Chargers could use a running back. So who knows where he'll end up. But I think that Saquon at RB10 is somebody that I would rather have than maybe the few guys ahead of him, uh, one of whom we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I think Saquon at least short term, because again, you can't look at running backs in a long term window necessarily. I think, you know, a two to three year window is pretty much all you can look at running backs in because of injury and this the turnover at the position and the volatility in general. And I think he's still going to produce like a top 10 back next year, uh, which makes him a buy candidate for me. Now, two other names that I'll say are honorable mentions. I don't want to completely label them as buys, but if you're a contender and you're looking for cheap, productive running backs that you can throw into your lineup and you know that you know you can rely on them to at least give you something, two names, Aaron Jones, James Conner. They're RB 30 and 31 back-to-back on keep trade cut, and while they'll both be 29 years old when the season starts, I think they still have a lot left to give. They're valued very low. These are players that you can get for a late second round pick, a couple thirds. You know, you're not going to have to give up a lot to get these players unless a contender already has them on the roster, in which case they're probably not going to part with these players because I think at this stage, guys like Jones and Connor, they're players that you're probably just holding until they retire or until they lose all value because they're probably more productive than whatever you would get back in a trade. But that's a great reason in this scenario, if you're a contending team, Go make an offer for one of these guys. 
Aaron Jones has a year left on his deal with the Packers. They're probably going to part ways with A.J. Dillon, who could not do anything while Jones was out with an injury this year. And Jones had a lot left. He showed a lot at the end of the year. He was great. He was great in the playoffs. This is somebody that I think makes the Green Bay offense better as a whole. He's a really key part to that offense. So I, I would imagine that he's going to probably get a reworked deal, maybe for a little bit less money, but I think he will stay in Green Bay, still have another year of fantasy relevance. James Conner, same type of thing. I won't be surprised if they add another running back, but he was very productive this year. Um, he's a three-down guy. He can catch the ball, and he's a touchdown machine too. He, he has a nose for the end zone. That offense should be better this year. Uh, regardless of whether they get Marvin Harrison Jr. or what in the draft, they're going to add some pieces on offense, and Kyler Murray will be there for the whole year. I don't think Arizona is going to be a team where you know they're getting blown out every single game. So if you're looking for cheap, usable running backs, Aaron Jones, James Conner, those are two guys to take a look at. But before we move on to wide receivers, I do want to make one overall note when it comes to trading for running backs. Now is not the time of year to trade for running backs. Do not make trade offers for running backs in February or March or April. Wait until the summer. Wait until later in the year, right before the season starts, training camp. You know, as late as you can go. End of August is ideally the best time to buy running backs. Because even though we think we might know a situation, we don't. Teams are... Are gonna, there's going to be a team that drafts a running back that we all go, wait, but they have so-and-so, and that running back is going to lose a lot of value after the draft. It'll probably happen to multiple teams. And so when trading for running backs, because they're so volatile in general, you want to have a pretty good grasp on the situation with whatever player and the team that you trade for. So waiting till after the draft, waiting till after free agency, after teams have a chance to kind of settle in, get some reports on where things might be, then that's when you go ahead and make your move for a running back. Because while I might say now Aaron Jones and James Conner and Saquon are all and Javante Williams are all good running backs to target, especially if you're a contending team, because again, in general, we don't trade for running backs if you're a rebuilding team. You want to finish your team off at running back. You don't want to start at the running back position. And so again, we want to wait and make sure that you know a team doesn't draft a running back in the second, third round that ruins the value of somebody that we like. So keep that in mind this offseason. Don't go make any rash moves at running back. It's okay if you have a hole that you need to then fill in August. Don't worry about your lineup for September now all the way in February. Worry about getting guys in situations that you know are solidified. So now let's move on to wide receivers. I have three buy candidates here for you, uh, including one that I think is a one of those diamond in the rough type players. Um, I'll save him for last. So first, I want to start with a guy, another guy that's a free agent, uh, Michael Pittman, um, wide receiver, eighteen on keep trade cut. He had a very very good year with Gardner Minshew at quarterback in Indianapolis. You know, who knows where he's going to end up as a free agent, but I do think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up back with the Colts. And even if he doesn't, he seems more of like the type of receiver that, you know, will end up on a team like a Kansas City or or someone along those lines that 
you know, he's going to get a big contract, but he might not be the guy that goes to a bad team that just gets completely overpaid, like a potential, you know, T, T Higgins or somebody along those lines. But Michael Pittman, to me, is a little bit undervalued. I, I think he's somebody that is going to be a number one receiver wherever he ends up. He has a four to five year window still of being a high level receiver. And if he stays with the Colts, you know, Anthony Richardson showed some really good flashes last year. He targeted Michael Pittman a lot. You know, there's a little bit of worry about, oh, well, you know, Richardson is more of a running quarterback, might not throw the ball as much as Minshew, but the Colts offense was so good last year compared to expectation. And going forward, I think they're just going to continue to get better. They'll have Jonathan Taylor back all year, Anthony Richardson, as long as he stays healthy. You know, Shane Steichen has really turned the Colts into a very, uh, you know, good team for the pieces that they have. So I'm interested in Michael Pittman. I think he's going to outperform that wide receiver 18 mark next year, uh, and he's going to maintain, if not improve, his value. Um, And I think that value will improve once free agency hits because there's always excitement around players when they sign new contracts. So I could see him jumping up a couple spots and, you know, being somebody that I am really in on for next year. Now, number two on my list, I'm going to go with Christian Kirk, uh, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wide receiver 33 on keep trade cut. I think he's about five to eight or nine spots undervalued. I think there's there's some room there to acquire him without overpaying. Uh, just an extremely productive receiver. Even in a down year for Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's his favorite red zone target. He's going to be there a while. He's got that big contract that everybody knows about. Uh, Calvin Ridley might not be there next year. If the Jags re-sign him, they have to give it. They have to give up a second-round pick as opposed to a third-round pick uh, to Atlanta in that trade that they made. So you know who who knows how that's going to turn out. But Christian Kirk is a big red zone target for Trevor Lawrence. He's only twenty-seven. He just produces, and if Trevor Lawrence bounces back in any way next year from his down season this past year. I think Christian Kirk is going to have a very good season, probably closer to where he was in 2022 as a top 15 receiver than he was this past year. So that's a name that you can acquire if you're not trying to pay top dollar for somebody, but you know, you want a good startable receiver for your lineup. Christian Kirk is a great target. Now my, my diamond in the rough guy who I think you can acquire for almost nothing right now. He's wide receiver 63 on keep trade cut. That's Trey Palmer from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, He had a very good rookie year considering his situation. A a late drafted rookie. He ended up as the team's number three receiver. He had 39 catches for 385 yards and three touchdowns. And for somebody that is not going to cost you much, you know, maybe a third round pick or maybe a couple thirds or a third and a fourth, something like that. I don't think it's going to be, you know, some huge, uh, you know, barrier to entry, so to speak, to get to acquire Palmer. This team, the Bucks, could lose Mike Evans in free agency. And while Chris Godwin is still there, he, you know, slowed down a tiny bit last year. I think there's some talk about moving Godwin back to the slot where I think he does play a little bit better, but that opens up an outside role. Uh, Trey, Trey Palmer is somebody that, you know, was, was a very good college receiver, a deep threat, somebody that 
could make some noise next year with Baker Mayfield if Mike Evans does not return to Tampa Bay. And even if he does, Evans is old enough that there is likely still going to be some room for Palmer in this offense. And all it takes is an injury to either Evans or Godwin for Palmer to have some really solid fantasy value. And for somebody at wide receiver 63, you know, I think that's a worthwhile risk to take. So that's somebody that has a potential to really break out next year. Not to mention second year rookie wide receivers are just generally a good bet as long as they show something in their first season. And so considering his draft pedigree coming in, I think that he overperformed as a rookie and is somebody that you should go out and target in your leagues. Now, moving over to tight end, I got two players for you, uh, a young guy and an old guy. And we'll start with the young guy who I think makes a lot more sense for a rebuilding team. I don't know that this is somebody that you necessarily are going to be going after as a contender, except for, you know, maybe as a, as a depth, like a number three tight end, um, maybe even number two, but, but probably more in that, you know, three, four range if you've got a contending roster. But as a, as a rebuilding team, you know, this could be your future starter or at least your number two for this year. And that's Greg Dulcich uh, from the Denver Broncos. He's tight end number 23 on Keep Tread Cut. He's really cheap to acquire right now. You can probably get him for a third. Uh, but I think he's got huge potential. Um, he's 24 when the season starts. He flashed big time as a rookie and he'll be healthy going into next year. And that was his big problem this year. He missed essentially the entire year, just various injuries, wasn't able to get on the field. Um, and that was a big, you know, big disappointment because I think a lot of people had high hopes for him after having such a good rookie season. So we'll see what the quarterback situation looks like in Denver, whether they get a rookie or whether they make a trade for a veteran, you know, whatever the situation may be. Dulcich is somebody that I don't think is going to take that much to acquire and has a pretty high ceiling that could end up, you know, becoming a top 12, top 14, uh, you know, dynasty tight end by the end of the year, if not higher. Now, in terms of a contending team that is looking for somebody that you know you're going to get production from and you're pushing for a title this year and you're not not all that worried about the future, I think now is finally the time where it can make – a little more sense to go after Travis Kelsey. He's tight end eight on keep trade cut. He's 34, um, but he did finish the year stronger. Um, he had a, you know, it was a relatively down, down year in terms of Kelsey's standards because he's been so good, but he's no longer the tight end one in dynasty or tight end two or tight end three. This is somebody that is not going to cost, you know, multiple first round picks like he may have a couple years ago. This is someone that you can acquire at a much more reasonable price I think he still has another year or two of good production left. You know, whether he's a slam dunk number one tight end, I don't know about that anymore, but I think you're pretty much guaranteed to get top five, top four production from Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes loves throwing it to Kelsey. He's, it's just a great connection. And there's finally an opportunity, I think, as a contender to buy on on him, buy in on him, excuse me, because I think the team that has had Kelsey for a long time might be looking to get out, given the age and the slightly down year. But if you're a contending team, I still think he's got another year or two left of good, solid fantasy production. So if you are a contender and you have Kelsey, I would advise you to hold on to him unless you get some overwhelming offer. But 
he's he's still a good, great fantasy tight end option. So I'm holding on to him. And if and if he's somebody that's up for grabs in your league, I would be making a move to try to add him to your roster. Now that's that's everybody on my buy list. So just a quick recap at quarterback, I had Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. At running back, I had Saquon Barkley, Javante Williams, with Aaron Jones and James Conner thrown in as honorable mentions. Wide receiver, I have Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk, and Trey Palmer. And then at tight end, I have Greg Dulcich and Travis Kelsey. Now, moving on over to sell candidates, uh, we'll start at the quarterback position. I got two guys that, one, you know, you might not be all that surprised at, but another might be a little bit more shocking. So we'll start with the one that is probably more obvious, and that would be Bryce Young from the Carolina Panthers. QB 17 on keep trade cut. He had a brutal year. I mean, there's no other way around it. Just bad year for real life, bad year for fantasy. He had no help other than, you know, a handful of good games from Adam Thielen at the beginning of the year. Bryce Young just didn't show me anything that would indicate that he is going to be an elite quarterback in this league. Now, that's not to say he can't be a decent quarterback or a good quarterback. He could still, you know, be somebody that, you know, is a solid game-managing starter for a few years. But it's hard to see things getting that much better, especially next year. They have a new coaching staff, which I think will help him. So I do think he's going to be improve a little bit. But whether it's enough to jump from, say, QB 17 up to QB 12 or 13 or, or you know, even close to 10. I just I just don't really see it. Um, when a rookie is that bad, chances are they're just a bust. And as much as that stinks to say, uh, I have Bryce Young on the team. You know, I had high hopes for him. But it's just not, it's just not there. I just don't see it. So he's somebody that still has considerable value in Superflex leagues. And so if you can go out and get you know, a top eight rookie pick. Uh, I think that that's probably the right range or package him for trading on up for a more established player. I think something like that would make some sense. Uh, I don't think you should just completely abandon him. I wouldn't just trade him away for a second round pick or, you know, for a player that's you know not going to do much for you. I think it's got to be a situation where you're trading for a, for, for a first round pick or using him in a package to go up and get someone. But it's just a tough situation. And if you're a rebuilding team and, you know, you don't have that as an option, because again, there's not going to be a lot of people that necessarily are looking to pay a high price to go get Bryce Young. But in that situation, you know, you can hold on to him. But if you're a contender or, um, you know, you're in a situation where you can move him, I think now's a good time to go ahead and do that because I just, I just don't see it with Bryce Young. Now, my second quarterback is Jordan Love, who is QB9 on Keep Tried Cut, and that just seems way too high for me. Um, I would rather have Kyler Murray, who is a spot behind him. Uh, there, there's frankly just, I, I just don't see it as QB9. He had a good year, and he finished as QB5, and this will help you when it comes to trying to trade Jordan Love, but Jordan Love benefited from a very soft schedule, from a especially from a defensive standpoint. You know, they played a handful of decent teams, but uh, 
It wasn't like they played just great defense after great defense. He has a lot of good weapons, so I do see the case for Jordan Love sticking around. He's probably going to get a solid contract and be around for a while in Green Bay. So from that perspective, he's not he's not one of these guys that you know I think is bad or that you should just trade for whatever you can get. That is certainly not the case. Um, this is something where I think he's valued so highly that you could get a huge return for Jordan Love. You know, get somebody that's more established, has a higher ceiling, get a, a multitude of, of first-round draft picks. This is something where, to me, I would be using Jordan Love to trade up into the elite tier of quarterbacks. I would be using Jordan Love and then a secondary smaller piece or a draft pick, whatever it is, to trade up for somebody like a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert or a CJ Stroud, somebody in the tier above him where love is still a high enough base that you can make that jump in a trade without having to give up something huge along with him. But I don't know that I see QB nine. So from that perspective, in that sense, I think he is somebody that I would be looking to move uh, and see if you can really make a jump uh, at the quarterback position. But again, this is not a, Sell him, sell him no matter what situation. This is a, I think you can get someone better than Jordan Love by using him in a trade. So use that to your advantage. If you can get Kyler Murray plus something else, or you know Jordan Love and a and a second to move up for Justin Herbert, something like that. I have no issue with that at all, and I and I would encourage it because I just don't know. It's it's hard to trust a guy after one good year. Uh, particularly when they're not, you know, a rookie or a second-year player. And I get it that Jordan Love is a very different scenario given that he sat on the bench in Green Bay for a long time, and Green Bay does have the track record of hitting on these quarterbacks. But again, I just, I'm just not quite there. I am a little bit slow to come around on Jordan Love, and so I would be looking to move him. Now moving on to running backs. Again, we, I have an old guy and a young guy. So I'm going to start with the older player that seems more of like an obvious sell, and that's Derrick Henry. Uh, he's RB32 on keep trade cut. He's already lost some value uh, since the end of the season, but I think he's really going to drop after this past after this next year. I just don't see a situation where he's going to go in and get the type of workload that he needs to be a good fantasy asset. He's probably going to end up in a committee. You know, he might end up on a pretty good team. He might end up on Dallas or Baltimore or or some scenario like that where he does have a role, but I don't see him as somebody that you're going to be able to have in your fantasy lineup every single week next year. And after next season, I think he probably falls off a cliff entirely. So if you've got people in your league that, you know, love Derrick Henry, they know the name, he does have that name value in trades. So I would be looking to move him, get out. If you can get an early second round pick, um, you know, that that might be a bit much. I don't know that you could get that. But again, if you can get some sort of package of, of a younger player and, and a draft pick, whatever it is, you might be able to get more for Derrick Henry than you think, especially if you do it now. This is a situation where, okay, you, you don't want to buy running backs in February or March, but if you want to sell running backs this is a great time to do that because again, everything is so fluid. It's everything's in the air. You don't know what's going to happen. So trading Derrick Henry, you know, 
is a very good move at this point in the offseason to me. So I'm out on Henry for 2024. Now, another guy that I'm not out on, but I think he's valued too highly, and that's Devon Achan. He's RB6 on keep trade cut. I think that's too high. He's someone that, you know, is extremely electric when he's healthy, and he is very young. So I do understand why people value him highly, but he's a small guy. He's already suffered a lot of injuries. He's probably going to be banged up continuously throughout his career. I don't think he's ever going to be somebody that's going to be a bell cow back. This is somebody that thrives in being efficient and having those big breakout runs. He does catch some passes. So again, there is reason that he is highly valued, but I think I just see him as the pass catching back in a committee going forward. And that might be simplifying it a little bit too much because he is still a very, very good running back, a very talented runner. But RB6 is so high. And so again, I'm going to liken Devon Achan to Jordan Love in where this isn't somebody I'm just trying to get rid of. Certainly not. But because his value is so high... I would be using him to jump into the truly elite tier at running back, which which to me is three guys. Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, and Jameer Gibbs. If you can use Achan and a smaller piece with him to jump up and get one of those three players, I would do it in a heartbeat. Especially if you can get Bijan or Brees Hall, who are my first and second ranked running backs in Dynasty right now. So... Devon Chan, use him, move up. I wouldn't just sell him for a package of smaller players or whatnot, but but if you can get, you know, multiple first-round picks or, you know, a first-round pick and Saquon Barkley, something like that, I don't think that's necessarily a bad move either. But again, my goal would be to be acquiring one of those top three running backs using Devon Chan. Now let's move on to wide receivers. I've got four different wide receivers here, um, varying in age again. It's not just old guys here. But I want to start with a guy that finished the year with a huge bang, or at least in the last game that he played in the regular season, and that's Amari Cooper. Wide receiver 35 on keep trade cut. He had that humongous game with Joe Flacco. He put up over 50 points. And I think people are going to remember that and be excited about him moving forward. But at the same time, Joe Flacco's not coming back, most likely. And even if he does, he won't be the starter. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. And I I just don't believe in Deshaun Watson anymore. And I think he brings the value of a guy like Cooper down a little bit. So if you can get a good haul for Amari Cooper, who is starting to age a little bit, you know, I would go ahead and make that move. I think now is a good time to get out or if you're a contender, I would be trying to use Amari Cooper to, you know, move up a few spots, uh, grab someone, you know, sort of equivalent in value, so to speak, but I think has a little bit more promise entering the year. I mentioned Christian Kirk earlier as an option, uh, but I think there are some people in that tier that you could go up and get, uh, but I'm I'm out on Amari Cooper for 2024. Now, next is a rookie, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver 51. So his value has already dropped considerably, but he does still have some value. And this is a situation where, 
you know, if you drafted him in your rookie draft at 107, 108, 109, whatever the, wherever you took him, it's just one of those crappy situations that you have to realize he's probably a bust and move on while he still does have some value. Now, he's dropped so much to the point that maybe it makes some sense to hold on and and just see what he can give you because at this point, you know, you're not going to recoup a first round pick for him, but if you can get a second round pick or, you know, another similar player and a third or something like that, I think you got to get what you can for Johnston at this point because I just don't see a world where he turns into this wide receiver one, you know, stud fantasy wide receiver. I mean, I think at absolute best case scenario, his ceiling is probably as the wide receiver two for the Chargers moving forward, which is a good role, but I just, I don't even know that he can get that. I think he's behind Josh Palmer on the depth chart. I don't really see that changing. I think he's behind Keenan Allen, who will presumably be back. Mike Williams is probably gone, but you know we'll see. The Chargers are in a weird situation with the cap, um, and they have a new coaching staff and everything, so we'll see what they do. But I'm out on Johnston. If you can get somebody that loved him in the rookie draft, and and you can recoup anything close to what you paid for him, I would go ahead and make that move and basically re-roll on a rookie receiver. Next up. I'm going to go with somebody that's still young and really highly valued, but is just somebody that I think slightly overvalued. And that's T Higgins. He's wide receiver 14 on keep trade cut. He's, he's really been injured a lot and it hurt him a lot this past year. He had a very up and down the year. He had some, some good games when healthy, when he played, but this isn't someone that I feel like I can count on in my lineup every week. And because of that, I'd be looking to capitalize on the fact that he's valued so highly by the industry in general. He's a free agent, so he's going to end up likely somewhere else, which is something that you can use to your advantage in trade negotiations because, you know, there's all this talk of, oh, T. Higgins is going to go and he's, you know, everyone wants to place every good free agent wide receiver with the Chiefs because they need a receiver. But that's not going to happen to all these guys. And the Chiefs have already shown that they're not particularly keen on spending a whole bunch of money on receivers when they traded Tyreek Hill. So I don't know that I see that as a you know, a landing spot for Higgins. I think you could see something like Carolina, where he might get paid a bunch. Um, I think you could see Tennessee. But again, those are neither one of those offenses are anything that I'm excited about. And even if he does stay with Cincinnati, I think he's stuck again just as the wide receiver two behind Jamar Chase. And you kind of get what you've had, which is good, but not great. And if you're going to have somebody this highly ranked, I think you've got to be getting, you know, elite production. And I just don't see it with T Higgins. So I'd be looking to move him again. This isn't a scenario where he's bad or anything like that. I just think that you can trade for a player in his tier and acquire something else. And I think you could end up in a situation with potentially the better player and a secondary asset, but um, you know, this is just a good spot to accumulate value. So I'm looking to move T Higgins this off season. Next up is Stefan Diggs, who is probably someone that is more of a no brainer because you know, his age, he's at 30. He really was not good to end the year. He stunk in the playoffs. 
You know, everyone remembers him dropping that deep ball from Josh Allen. And he's wide receiver 29 on keep trade cut. And while there are other similarly aged players in that tier, like Devontae Adams, I would rather have Adams in this spot than Diggs. And I am a little bit worried that Diggs just might be done. I mean, he was so, so bad the second half of the year. And it's it's crazy because he was great in the first half of the season. You know, he lived up to his potential and the hype and everything that, you know, we know about Stephon Diggs. But the fact that he disappeared the way he did, he didn't play well after the coordinator change. The Bills are probably drafting a receiver early. And he's getting up there in age. I just, I don't see it for him moving forward in most scenarios. So if you're, especially if you're a team that's looking to rebuild or start a rebuild, I think Diggs is a great player to try to trade away now before his value completely plummets. But if you have Josh Allen or you are a contender, I can see holding Diggs. But those are really the only two scenarios where I'm trying to hold on to Stephon Diggs. Um, you know, you you probably have to have the stack with Allen to be committed to keeping him. Otherwise, I think you can trade him out for, um, you know, a late first, early second, or, um, you know, a similar receiver in that tier that is not going to cost you a ton. Like, if you could package Stephon Diggs and a second-round pick and go get Michael Pittman, you know, that could be a move. I mentioned him as a guy that I like, something along those lines. But I'm I'm probably moving on from Stefan Diggs because even if he is, you know, his old self and has another good season, I think we all see he's nearing the finish line. And once, you know, he's age 30, I think it's just downhill from here. So I'm out on Diggs uh, as we move into the 2024 season. And last but not least, we have the tight end position. And I have to say, I don't think there's a lot of obvious tight end sell candidates. I just, in general, I think that's because it's not a super deep position as it is. And where it does have some depth are some of those younger tight ends that came into the league last year. And I'm obviously, I'm not trying to sell any of those players yet. Um, I think there's you know, some old guys that make sense, you know, Darren Waller is somebody who I'm, I'm completely out on, but his value has dropped so far already that I'm just not that concerned about, he's not somebody that is worth listing as a sell because I think people are already out, but George Kittle to me is the guy that I went with and he's tight end seven on keep trade cut. That's valued a spot ahead of Travis Kelsey. He is 30 years old and while he does have the, you know the big name the big name and a really good track record and whatnot he's a boomer bust player every week i mean he might you know have 20 points and then he might have 5 and there's really not much in between with him and as a manager that really likes consistency kittle's not my type of guy now, that's not to say he can't be helpful in your lineup. He's still a very good player, um, extremely good player. He's probably worth more in the NFL than he is in fantasy. But at tight end seven, if you can trade him straight up for Travis Kelsey, I don't hate that. Um, if you can use him, I think, again, we touch on this with with Jordan Love and, again, with Devon Achan. But if you can use George Kittle 
to package with a secondary piece and move up into that elite tier, which I think you're looking at two guys at the very top that are young and are, have already proven to be very, very, very good players. That's Sam Laporta, Trey McBride. I'd be looking to jump to one of those two players with George Kittle. I think you could do that. I think you could do it and jump to Mark Andrews. And I I just don't see moving forward how Kittle... I don't think he ever can improve on where he is currently ranked. I just think he's going to be a slow, steady decline, which if you can acquire him cheaply, then fine. But I don't think I don't think you can do that. I think that you can get a pretty good return for George Kittle right now. People love him, and he's just such a known contributor that he's somebody that you can get. You know, I think you could get a late first for, and I think you could be happy with that. Um, swap out, get somebody younger. But again, like I've talked about a bunch already on this podcast. I like, there's two ways to make trades in my mind when it comes to selling players. One is what we've talked about where you package a player with another asset, like a second round pick or a third, something like that, and another like young player. And then you move up into a a new tier, get one of those elite players that are very difficult to acquire. Um, I think that's, that's a great strategy. The other is to sell on a player that is still very good for someone younger that you think could break out and become, you know, an elite player, get in that elite tier, but you also acquire a draft pick with that player. So those are the two general strategies with trades that I think you should use uh, depending on whether you're a contending team or a team that's rebuilding. But, But that's typically how I like to approach those trades. So with that, we have made it through my list. Uh, We'll quickly touch on the sell players again before we sign off. But at quarterback, we have Bryce Young and Jordan Love. At running back, Derrick Henry and Devon Achan. Wide receiver, we have Amari Cooper, Quinton Johnston, T. Higgins, and Stephon Diggs. And George Kittle at tight end to round out the group. So there you have it. Uh, There's your buys and sells of the offseason here in Dynasty. We'll probably re- We'll probably do this list again, you know, over the summer, see how things change after the draft, see where things, you know, moved after free agency and and all the rookies come in. But for now, I think this is a really good time to buy wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, really good time to sell running backs. So keep that in mind as you move forward. And again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening, especially if you made it all the way through here to the end. I really appreciate it. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Dynasty War Room. Subscribe on YouTube. The channel name is also Dynasty War Room. Um, I'd really appreciate that. It helps this podcast grow. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and follow the show there or anywhere else that you are currently listening. Go ahead and hit that follow button so you see whenever we release a new episode. Uh, So thank you again, and we'll see you all next week.